This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hi, LSPod fans, it's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin' or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off can be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Rogers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play! That is that! What a good shot! Post for Shearer, goal! McLaughlin has it, oh, deflection, and a goal! Goes to Mitchell, it's another goal! Incredible hobble! from Four Trick Pony, who says, no guile, no grit, no creativity, no organisation, a turgid, flat, uninspiring display, not a single positive, all the basics wrong, a deserved defeat. Don't buy the injury excuse, barely any of those outs are difference makers. Squad is too poor slash small, and with that yet more proof that 60-minute podcasts are a complete waste of time when Tan... And town fans can do it in 41 words. Anywho, Swindon Town nil, Barrow 3, darts on phones, bickering in the stands, plus all the usual from this so-called toxic fan base who refuses to be grateful and not be careful what they wish for. Here to flap his expert in the Chelsea and crisis mode, Swindon Town FC. It's Dan. Hello, Dan. <laughs> Evening, Mitch. What an introduction. You do it so well. Oh, JR does it better. Yeah, no, no, he's Welsh. Oh, come on, you can't do that. Come on. Um, yes, how are you? You're a bit poorly this evening. Yeah, I think work, Christmas drinks, and socialising last weekend—it's catching up with me. Um, mm. I'm just yeah, a bit of a bit of a head cold. Just feeling a bit sorry for myself and Swindon Town not improving the mood 
had a nice roast dinner today though. Ooh. Went to Cote Water, rode the train, had a coffee. It was all all very nice. But yeah, it's just the football part of the weekend. Letting us down as it so often does. As it so often does. So we're on Zoom. So we'll be talking over each other at times during this conversation. And if you hear the occasional sniffle, leave him alone. He's got a cold. Come <laughs> on. Um, before we get into the uh, the doom and gloom, congratulations to Swindon Town under 18s through to the next round of the FA Youth Cup Friday night. A 2-0 win away at Luton Town. Goals courtesy of an unfortunate Kai Hockey, an own goal quite the moment, and Josh Keyes. Swindon will play either Manchester United or Derby County at the county ground. Um, those two, I think, play on Tuesday night, perhaps, That's at Old correct. Trafford. There we go. It was, it was, I watched it, and I know you would have watched it, and in the first half, it was very much of a, it was all Luton, other than the fact that Hubbard missed a penalty or had a penalty saved and, and we took the lead and then the second half much better. Yeah, I, I would slightly reject that. I'd, I would say probably Luton, you know, very energetic, used their home advantage probably for that first half hour, 35 minutes. Mm. I think Swindon sort of gathered, grew into the game in that last sort of 10 or 15 of the first half. Um the penalty was probably a little bit against the run of play. But um, yeah, what, by the time the goal came at the end of the first half, it wasn't too much of a surprise. You're saying own goal. I, I think, you know, the goalie doesn't want the own goal. Just give it a sunny heart. Well, yes. He but... went off celebrating, didn't he? He certainly did. Bashfully, <laughs> I might add. <laughs> but no, um, second half, very accomplished display. Uh, I think the fact they were 1-0 up and Luton had to come onto them. Swindon have some quite good technical young players in that team and yeah, created lots of chances to extend the lead, which they eventually did through um, Josh Keyes. Very nice little toe-poked effort before the keeper could set himself. And uh, yeah, a bit unlucky not to extend the lead. Um, Botan Amin hit a crossbar from about, what would have been, what, 22, 23 yards? And then Miles Abodo somehow missed the follow-up. But um, yeah, really good night for the under-18s. They're through to the fourth round of the FA Youth Cup. For those thinking it's a Premier League scalp, you know, we must just keep ourselves a little bit in check. Um, Luton's first team are in the Premier League. Their under-18s are in the southeast sort of equivalent division of what Swindon are in. So they're also a, a Cat 2 or a Cat 3 uh, academy. But, you know... I think Luton are at the top end of their Southeast League. Swindon are at the top end of our Southwest League. So, you know, to go there, win, keep a clean sheet is tremendous for the academy. And they still haven't let in a goal in this FA Youth Cup run. So watch out, likely Man United or Derby. Yes, congratulations to them. A wonderful achievement. And here's hoping uh, town get well everyone they want manchester united don't they <laughs> everything that i'm listening to like people want to see manchester united in some form at the county ground which uh i think i might go either way if it's derby or manchester united i might go to that yeah well they're both tantalizing fixtures in different ways i suppose um you know derby have got a very good academy um so that is you know a very difficult game anyway um but obviously feels more winnable than the might of the Manchester United Academy. But yeah, probably for the glitz and glam and getting two and a half, three thousand on the gate, you know, that, that Manchester United game on a Tuesday night, 
make it a big event, big crowd for the uh, for the under 18s That'd be a well deserved sort of pat on the back for them and and the work they're doing this season because they're also doing very well in the league, um, where they score lots of goals. And I think it's only until they lost against Portsmouth recently on penalties, wouldn't it? Otherwise, they would have been in the semi-final of the Youth Alliance Cup as well. So, yeah, they're having a a very good season. Yes, and of course, Manchester United, Fisher would be shadows of a famous final for the youth players in the uh, early 60s. Yes, Burt's Babes. Um, mm-hmm. That was the that was the precursor for that that wonderful generation of Sunderland players. So, who knows? Um, put our rose-tinted glasses on, you know, Unfortunately, we're probably going to sell all of these to the uh, to the first bidder, but um, it'd be lovely if we could have uh, somebody's babes coming through <laughs> for the next five or six years. Yeah, but the face of football has just changed so much. Yeah, if you develop a player now, you don't see them; they're gone, which is just a real crying shame. It'd be lovely to have a new local hero come through, and you know, in, in the shape of Minton. You know, you've got one in there flying the flag. Um, and, of course, a bench full of them yesterday. Indeed. Congratulations to Liam Hutt, young right back. Harvey Fox, who's actually a, a third-year scholar. He's a sort of left back, left wing back. Um, George Alston, young midfielder. And uh, Miles Abodo, of course, who we've um, we've seen plenty of this season already. Indeed we have, indeed we have. Well, let's get, let's get into this game against Barrow because in terms of the actual 90 minutes, there's not that much to talk about, to be fair. But just want to mention it before we get going. Seventh minute, there was a one-minute applause for baby Elsie. A lot of people connected with the club were impacted by, by this. And um, yeah, very sad indeed. You can't really put into terms the sadness. Elsie's parents, family, friends people connected to the club must be feeling so um on a very bad afternoon for Swindon Town FC it keeps things very much in perspective and probably the nicest moment of the game was the the beautifully observed minutes uh, applause for for young Alsie so yeah the thoughts of the pod um with Alsie's parents family friends and um Rich thank you very much uh, I know you shared a link to a, a fundraising page, um, an opportunity to raise some money um, for a charity helping uh, families like Elsie's over the Christmas period. So if people are able to look at the Alice pod uh, Twitter timeline and if you've got a spare £10 or £20 and you want to do some good, then um, there's a charity there that's uh, looking to do a lot of good for bereaved families. Okay, let's talk about the first 11 for the game against Barrow there. No major surprises or were there. So there was a little change out of necessity. Mahoney was in goal. It was a back four of Hutton, Kokolo, Minton and Godwin Malife. Khan in the defensive midfield position with McEachran and Kinsella just ahead. Kemp there just ahead of them. And then Austin and Young up. Front. Before the game, I saw Fraser Blake Tracy hobbling into the county ground. Uh, he said to have a hamstring injury and will be out for two to four weeks, although Flynn didn't really like giving that estimate. Uh, Tyree Shade was poorly sick and should be back 
for Tramere. And Jake Young didn't train all week. And we got an inkling of this when we saw Miles Abodo on the bench for the under-18s at Luton because that was a signifier that it turned out was probably who was likely to cover for Jake Young. But... Uh, it wasn't needed in the end. Uh, Jake Young would later go off in the 80th minute for Anton Dworzak. Shortly before that, Brooklyn Genesini would get 16 minutes coming on for George McEachran. In terms of a 1-11, to 11, Dan, that's a competitive lineup, isn't it? Uh, yes, I agree. Um, and on the evidence of the first three months of the season, yes, that should be. A more than competitive side. Um, what is alarming is what we've seen in the last two games, away to Wimbledon losing 4-0 and home to Barrow on our own patch, where, let's remind ourselves, yeah, we've got quite a good home record. Um, we've seen two surrenders. Um, you know, you've listed the extra injuries there, obviously losing Blake Tracy, you're losing experience, you're losing a bit of size, uh, a bit of a voice at the back. Um, Sade, you know, I'm not sure he would have made much of a difference yesterday. Probably would have come on when it was 2-0 down. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you're having to play young and then you look look to the bench and, and there's nothing against the young players, by the way. They're all good at their level but you know it's the stuff we've spoke about a hundred times on the pod this year it's it's not good enough um and yeah i suppose my extra concern rich comes from a place of you know why is this previously competitive 11 even if you know they get tired late in games and we don't have much on the bench why is this previously competitive 11 seemingly down tools in the last two games because yeah. yesterday I mean, it, it's an easy thing to say but we, me and you have watched enough football games Rich to, there was a visible lack of effort lack of determination the collective was it was it was horrid yesterday yeah and um, and, and, and some not, and not a tired on. and not a tired sort of uh, um not on it sort of feeling like this year, this season, we've said many a times they look shattered. I didn't really yeah. get that sense, especially in the first half that they were a tired side. Yeah. Concerning again, because actually yeah. the build up to Wimbledon, they'd had nine or 10 clear days. Hadn't they post Appington? Um, I mean, this week they've had a clear week. Um, I hope they were wrapped up indoors watching the youth team on Friday night, but Unfortunately, Swindon played like a team with a hangover. <laughs> <laughs> we're going we're gonna, we're gonna to try and look at moments of the game. But before we do anything else, can we just congratulate Barrow on what was a very enviable, <laughs> an enviably comfortable display. They didn't have to do much, but what they did was controlled and disciplined throughout. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up because at some point on this pod, I wanted to focus on Barrow, actually. Um, I know you've seen my notes uh, ahead of this pod, Rich, but you know, I think there is so much to congratulate Barrow on. Um, 
back in the Football League two or three years ago. You know, if you're talking about football in outposts, boy, like they are an outpost. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, That's why they got kicked out of the league, essentially, wasn't it? Well, yeah. Um, so, and again, without knowing too much above a high level kind of set of info, they are clearly a supremely well run club on 3,000 crowds. They have, I mean, we saw it in front of our own eyes. They've, they've recruited well. They had more options off the bench than us. They've got a good young manager at 39, Pete Wilde. Um, he'd already done uh, a good job at Halifax in the, in the Conference National. Um, they've got experience. They're physically strong and quite imposing. Well coached, clearly. You know, unbeaten since October. Best defence in the league. Another clean sheet yesterday. Um, it just makes me really, really... You use the word enviable. I'm just jealous. <laughs> yeah. Because if, if you take what they have done, you know, excellent recruitment. Use their budget. Wow. Good young manager who's clearly quite progressive in Pete Wilde. They're well-coached, they're organised, tactically very good. So if you took that same model and overlaid Swindon's advantages, 5,200 season ticket holders, near 9,000 average crowds. I know yesterday's crowd would have put a bit of dent in that. You know, Near 15,000-seater stadium. Location on the M4 near London in the south of England. Plus our history. I can only come to the conclusion or ask the question, how badly run a Swindon town (laughs) (laughs) next to AFC Barrett? And good on them. I hope they go up. Yeah. They, They really didn't have to do much in the match. They've got a load of players I would quite like to drop into the Swindon team at the back. Oh. Some massive blokes in Canavan and Ray. The James experience Chester. of Chester. Um, I really like the look of Emil Aqua. Uh, I looked him up on online earlier and he's got a background of coming through the youth system at Southend, making his name for Maidenhead in uh, the conference national and now and, 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 him, and, we, ha- and we had the maidenhead right like <laughs> michael flynn said earlier on in the season he talks about geography and yet barrow can get someone from non-league maidenhead can get dom telford from crawley and even if you think of the locality of where dom telford is originally from which is like clitheroe and playing for blackpool that's still an hour and a half away yeah. barrow is an outpost and you've got James Chester up there too. Like, if if Barrow can do it, so can everybody else. And there's a reason why they can they can do it because they 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 can offer terms that are agreeable to these sort of players. It, it just yeah. it's one of those moments where it's like you can't say geography when when Barrow are, are, are outdoing us in the market. It's not about budget, clearly, but they've not got the the, the highest budget in the division. Well, they can't have, right? Because of the way FFP works. Um, 
So no, I mean it'd be very easy to come on this pod. I, I'm in, I'm in a mood with Swindon Town. I'm feeling a bit poorly. It'd be easy to come on here and go, oh, we're losing a bloody Barrow, Barrow. But do you know what? Good on them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they came to Swindon in April for that nil nil. Oh, frankly, they were just as bad as we were that day. Um, they needed to win. A side who didn't really go for a win when they were chasing the plus, but. That you look at the improvement in them from April to December and the massive drop off. Um, well, in Swindon, well, more from sort of September yeah. to now. <laughs> well, yeah, let's talk about that yeah. drop off because, because yeah. from what this season, in a positive sense, well, mostly a positive sense, is we've championed ourselves on is that that excitement that that. that daring endeavor going forward well that first half hour 35 minutes from both sides was as bleak <laughs> entertainment wise it was as bleak as you ever get you had barrow who didn't need to do anything and you had swindon that didn't seem to want to do anything barely anything happened in the opening exchanges yeah and i think as ever the onus is normally on the home team um you know that that first half, when I was sat there at half time chatting away, we should have all been sat there saying that was a real drab, nil nil, dull half. Except for we managed to gift them a set piece goal Ooh. because for some reason we had a two man wall, everyone else in the box, and no one on the edge. I mean, it was telegraphed. It's... Like one of my friends, Adam over my left shoulder it's calling it seven or eight seconds before it happened it was it's so so easy and that's not footballing ability that's just organization that's leadership structure like so that really we should have been going in nil nil talking about how bad it was and you know who does that suit more you know will swindon slowly try and edge their way into the game second half will barrow have to come out a bit more, you know. But the fact we gifted them a goal, and they got, had to do so little else, um, I, I, don't, I don't think it's perfect can... for them as the away team, wasn't it? Yeah, it, it was. But I don't think we can let them get away with that first goal from our side of things. I mean, in in the box, you've got your two player wall, and in the box, you've got six Barrow players and eight Swindon players. So for to have that gap between the six-yard box where everybody is and the goal scorer at the edge of the box is just baffling. And this was a moment where we needed Tom Brewitt closing down because they're so slow. I think it's Charlie Austin that realises. But he's got the armband. He should be looking around. You know, maybe Blake Tracy's presence, maybe Brewitt's lack of presence, and as with Fraser Blake Tracy's was the reason. But that's not an injury crisis. That's that's not knowing what you're doing. Yeah. Who's, who set them up? Yeah. Who looked at Barrow's set pieces during the week? Etc. Etc. But no, avoidable. You know, I'm not saying we go on to win this match. I'm sure we still go on to lose it. But it, was least, nil, nil. it was pure nil-nil. It was pure nil-nil. It was pure nil-nil, yeah. yeah. Before that goal, there was, there was nothing from anyone. Um, and then we gave... Than the gift. It's a good finish, you know. He's still got a oh yeah, a lovely finish. Room. Um, but 
goodness, goodness me, it was Spence, wasn't it? Who uh, who finished it? And th- Ian Spence, yeah. Was there anything else that happened in the first half? Oh, well, I could think of a Kemp deflected effort over from a free kick. You thought it was free- in, though, didn't you? Well, yeah. <laughs> I, I was kind of, I leapt up like a salmon. Um, yeah, depth perception did me there <laughs> i don't remember uh, I, I can't recall it being i can't maybe i was watching the the lads a few rows ahead watching the darts and i, I was <laughs> I, <laughs> um I, I don't know they didn't flinch when they scored the first goal they were too engrossed in the in the darts but um the from because i'm on the other side of the drs yeah, so maybe yeah. my my vision was a bit better and i don't remember thinking oof at any stage during that no it was it was a it was a really really dull and kind of one of those ones that feel at this time of year about right regardless of what Swindon Town era we're looking at these sort of pre-Christmas pre-busy season sort of low (laughs) low energy games it feels like a common thing but that was that was something else and something that we're not used to seeing because you didn't even have Godwin Malife bombing forward this week no. I don't think he did it once did he well let's talk about the back four because <clears throat> that was going to be one of my points you know if we're looking at why Swindon were quite so inhibited I think going to the back four kind of naturally it keeps Hutton and Coccolo a bit more defensively minded um and yeah, by playing in that a two centre backs, you know, we barely saw any marauds from Godwin Malief. Um and actually it's his defending that's been a real concern in the last two or three games. Um uh, yeah, him, Khan, McEachran, massive disappointment yesterday. Three players that have set much higher standards than that. One of them got man of the match, Dan. Who? Khan got um, sponsors man of the match, didn't he? Yesterday? Yeah. Who was sponsoring? Gambia. <laughs> did you did you not did you not hear the big laugh like moments after he got man of the match when um when he looked <laughs> at the floodlights? But his it, you know players... Oh my god, yeah that players look <laughs> at floodlights but they don't necessarily react to like Saidu Khan did. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh! It was there. It's like um, the moment you see depicted in many American movies, where the baseball player is about to catch the ball, then he sees a spaceship going over, and he just completely loses everything. <laughs> <sighs> I'm pretty sure he got man of the match from the sponsors. I, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure you're right. Barely just, sure he did, but I was. In a I agree with spiral you. By that point, I agree with you though. In terms of like, I, I that did get the ah. Huh. When when his name, but it was as we'll talk about. It was a curious. It's one of another one of those games where you're kind of like, who's got this one? I think the reaction around me was, don't announce it, don't <laughs> announce the man of the match. There's there's oh, no Rich, man of the match here. You've just triggered a memory. Ooh. Midway through the second half, go on. When somebody was down injured, mm-hmm. the football club in. A- inexplicably started reading out birthdays. <laughs> and yeah. was and wasn't that after one of their goals as well? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. It what... was silly season yesterday, wasn't it? I, I think I mean bless them and no criticism meant at all here. I think even the 
supporters club. First time I can ever remember had to do a redraw uh, of the 50-50 draw. How does that even And the happen? redraw actually got me closer to winning. So, oh, uh, how does that oof, happen? But I, I don't know, but okay. it just, okay. there was something in the air yesterday. Yeah. It was a nightmare yeah. all round, wasn't it? It was, it was. It, 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 and a lot of the listeners' contributions are, is, are very similar, so I don't think I'm going to go on like the 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 readout run because it's it's bleak, but also very very samey. But it was very much driven on what goal they left on, and for someone, the only time I've ever left a Swindon game early was when Chesterfield got their second at Wembley, and I think Ooh. the game pretty much ended straight after that anyway so i I don't think i missed a great deal and that was sort of like my body just lifted me up and took me it was it didn't feel like a conscious decision it felt like my body was just like no rich don't don't watch this but i i must admit this weekend was a game where i wondered what it would be like to leave early and <laughs> to see the supply, the surprise joy on my wife's face as uh, I can help with the uh, the bedtime hour a little bit earlier, <laughs> and and all that. But but it it and I don't. It wasn't because we were losing or we lost. It was because it was boring. It was boring. exactly that. Um, there are some sides in this league, like Wrexham, who when they go two 0 down, you can almost be certain that will rouse them. I, I don't think this side I've got to come back in them, to be honest. No. Um, I'll, I'll happily eat my words if they've done something miraculous from behind. Probably Forest Green away, albeit Forest Green had a man sent off, didn't they? Yeah, yeah we are the side that gets pegged back. So actually, yeah, that, we, that game has gone at 2-0. Yeah. Barrow was so good at the back, so organised. And we were we were going to do well to score one, and we almost did through Charlie Austin. That was oh, yeah. that was the moment, wasn't it? Yeah. So I, I hate to be mean on Austin. Out of possession, you might as well be playing with ten. He offers so little to the side in terms of his positional play, his ability to run and just get in the way of things. So actually. His very reason for being on the pitch was to stick this chance in the back of the net. It was a lovely cross from Akekaru. Pure Austin, Austin didn't do man. a lot wrong at. No, it was pure actually. Austin, yeah. Um, it was a good save. And a very good save by by Farman. So, yeah, that was pretty much his contribution to the match. Um, got to wear the captain's armband. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it's, he looks even slower than four months ago if that's possible um, again it's just an ongoing sad decline at a time where Young's playing half fit Hepburn Murphy's nowhere to be seen Bodo I mean you could have given Bodo a run out bloody hell like why did they bring Dwarzak on for Young yeah and and just I mean, good like... for Dwarzak but like bring Dwarzak on for someone else and considering what they did to Gray against Oldershot by bringing him on with, with a half hour, yeah, in 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 that humiliation, the Barrow game was there. Just just you know, I, I know he he strikes me as the sort of man that won't give league appearances 
for the sake of it, you've got to earn it. You know, I, I, he does strike me as one of those sort of football men. Like you're not gonna, you're not gonna just get your your league appearance. I had to do this, 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 and this before I got mine. <laughs> so, so you're not getting on just because I don't have enough players. And I think that's kind of consistent with with a few bits and pieces. And they weren't our elite under 18s either. So, you know, cynically, they're not the ones that were tr probably trying to move on um, for a certain amount of money. Oh, oh dear. That's uh, cynical, oh. isn't it? That's a bit cynical. I'm sorry. But yeah, it's it. you, you use them. There's, there's two goals we need to talk about, but they're very, very similar, aren't they? Annoyingly so. Yes. Um, the second goal was a lovely goal from Barrow's point of view. Um, you look at the way they worked the ball from sort of left halfway line across the pitch. Some nice little first time sort of link up passes, and then an onrushing centre half joins in, spreads it to the the right wing back who was Worrell, right? Mm -hmm. um, yep. And yeah, deep cross, and you could see it coming from a mile off. It's one of those slow motion moments. Uh, and McEachern, all right, you're a foot shorter than him, but at least try and put him off. Jump. It was ugh, cowardice. Didn't even bother competing. And in in came uh, Foley, like mankind, uh, <laughs> smashed it in with his head. I think mankind did that, but I love the reference. Wow, he was always flying off the top of things. He? he certainly was. George McEachern. George McEachern last season was a standout player when he arrived. Mm. Um, and I think to a degree, he, especially in the early stages of the season, I think his form didn't dip. There were just other players do, you know, grabbing the attention. But at a time where I think we need George McEachern to step up, like, in places he did at the end of last season doesn't feel like he's doesn't feel like his his head or his heart is at Swindon Town judging by recent performances he might be just tired he might be nursing injuries it might be just a dip of form you know it's very easy to magnify and then make assumptions and boy howdy we do but it, it's not the George McEachern that I was so excited about a few months ago yeah, I'm with you, Rich. I was so sure George McEachern was going to become our kind of like left-footed Louis Reed when I first saw him last year. And I think you got me to do some pre-season predictions, Rich. I did. I think I predicted that George McEachern would win the spreadsheet. Ooh. Um, and yeah, I mean, early season form was steady part of a midfield that kept the ball and used the ball really well, sort of overshadowed a bit by by Kemp and Young's exploits. But yeah, the the dip off lately. It's not just him, by the way. Oh my we goodness. Mentioned no. Khan earlier. We've mentioned um Godwin Malief, an alarming drop off of form and you there's myriad of players who are injured and not coming off the uh injury table, not not very quickly. That's always a bit of a bit of a red flag for me as well. Yeah. Um, in terms of squad happiness. No, gorgeous George is not cutting the mustard at the minute. No. He looks like a man who is a bit cheesed off with life. But that's no good for me, George. I'm still in the stand, mate. Using one of my free games to watch you. 
I want to see you run around a bit. I want to see you jump. Yeah. That's the minimum. Well, speaking of jumping, um, (laughs) didn't really happen for the third, did it? Four players around James Chester. um, Oh, Lord. And that was that was a damning one. It was it was a bit of a poop sandwich, wasn't it? Your your, your middle. It was a good goal, you know. It, it was easy. It was all too easy, but it was well, ex- wonderfully executed. Let's give them credit. But goal yeah. one and goal three are just like, do we care anymore? Are we, what are we doing this for? You know, what yeah. are we saving ourselves for Wrexham? Is that really oh. what we're doing? Because we've still got Tramier um, to go. So it was just a very sad and it was a sad sight that third goal of just around the ground the standing up to walk away people there was a bit of an exodus at 3-0 and it was just sad yes the ease was alarming i've got, I've got to say having watched it again earlier godwin malife did a fine job of marking jake young <laughs> for some reason uh which left um james he's a menace chester. Yeah. he's a menace left james chester to um power home header there you go yeah. whoopie do i mean the only wonder frankly i mean at that point i was baying for blood like i wanted red cards i wanted own goals i wanted five six now i wanted the place to well, turn to poison i wanted to go home there's <laughs> you that wants you want you want Glad- well, you know, Roman era gladiator style sort of. Yeah. Uh, if you're gonna um, crash and burn, if you're gonna hammer the message home to your ownership, you might as well do it in style, and yeah, and have someone suspended for the entire Christmas period. And well, as it was, I mean, bit of a calamitous end for Jake Young. Ball into his feet, a first touch so bad. He then had to do a kind of lunging tackle on a Barrow player. Did he get booked for that? Or did the ref feel sorry for him that he got hurt? But either way, that was the... was the only Swindon player who got booked. Yeah. But either way, that was that was the end of Jake Young's afternoon. Possibly kind of... Swindon career? Oh, well, I really hope not. Yeah. But more, more just because I'm going to the game on Boxing Day and Ooh. I'd like us to have a sniff. Oh, you know we're going to end up bloody doing something daft that win or something, you know, and... and... 15,000, 14,000 be treated to uh, Swindon being Swindon. But like like I've said many times on this podcast, I'm convinced at best this season is going to be a two win, two loss, two win, draw one, two loss. You know, it's just going to... Yeah, I would at the moment, given the bookies' (laughs) opinions on Swindon Town, I'd take that all day long. Um, But I think the Beamish line does feel ever closer this time, but we'll see because... I've got to see what January brings. Hello, everybody. Summer is here, and when there's no Swindon Town, I do enjoy using my favourite streaming services to watch, you know, the same old comedies I've watched a billion times before. But hey, I love it, okay? So don't judge. Alas, being away overseas on holiday in the Chateau means I have to go without some of those shows until I've returned home. But no more. NordVPN allows you to watch sporting events, TV shows and films which aren't available in your region by switching your virtual location with one click to a country which is showing the content. NordVPN acts as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords from falling into the wrong hands. 
NordVPN is the price of a cup of coffee per month, and one NordVPN account can be used across six devices. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash lowstrangers. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and the link is in the podcast episode description box. Enjoy your summer. Hi, LSPod fans, it's JR here. Enthusiastic contributor and former Swindon McDonald's employee. Farewell, Outlook Village. One time I got to serve the then Swindon manager, Roy Evans. Yes, I know what you're wondering. Big Mac with medium fries. And admittedly, why Roy may have regretted some choices at SM1, well, you can't go wrong with the classics. And you can't go wrong with McDelivery, where instead of you getting in a time machine and coming to me, your favourites can come to you. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. A deep delivery. And it's back across goal. And it's off the line. Incredible. Swindon players were celebrating. The bench was celebrating. But the ball didn't cross the line. Is it Shaden Logan on the line? It certainly is. What an incredible clearance because he's actually stepped off the post that he was marking. And it goes again. This time it's in. Aiden Flint. Swindon Town have rescued it. I want to I want to talk about two players from, from this game and more recently because I think they're a really interesting conversation. Conversation one is Kinsella and one yep. is Minton, and we'll start with with Minton because Minton isn't spectacular, but he's showing promise. The big problem with Harrison Minton isn't Harrison Minton; it's the support around him, and I'm really really concerned that fans are going to turn on Harrison Minton because they're seeing him maybe lose the ball here or there, maybe you know be out of position here and there. But when you bleed a centre back into the first team, you've got to have those senior players rally around, and we've seen bits and pieces like that. Like a couple of weeks ago, when Minton made a mistake, I think it was Godwin Malife who was in his face, going, "Don't worry, come on, we can do this." Onwards we go. That's brilliant, but it just feels like that people are going to tarnish him with this form brush, this this collective form brush, where he's actually doing all right. Yeah. Well, I'm glad I'm glad you've called out these two because these are the probably your six out of ten men yesterday both put in plenty of graft. I think Kinsella probably the most outwardly visible trier. Um, you know, a couple of screams of exasperation when a few things didn't work. And you're exactly right. You know, Minton at this stage of his career wants to be bedding in alongside a sort of inform Blake Tracy. Godwin Malife, you know, he's got sort of 150 career games under his belt. Um, you know, even Brewitt to an extent. You know, yeah. I know he had a long time out of the football league, but that bit of age, bit of um, bit of nastiness to kind of learn from. But no, I mean, I don't want to hear anyone talking against Minton here. And as as bad as things are, at the very least, he's still in there, getting his hands mucky and learning. Uh, and Kinsella too, a, a bit like with MK Dons away. I'm not a fan of having Khan at the base and Kinsella slightly further forward. I know it's supposed to be fluid and it's all supposed to rotate round, but I think Kinsella is your man for sitting in front of the back four, 
but again, it, you know, he scrapes, he scrapes a six out of ten. The other ones, I wouldn't flog for yesterday. It's probably Kemp and Young, who just tried lots, tried various bits of link-up play. None of it really came off. Each time the ball went into them, they were just leapt upon by a very willing and ravenous set of Barrow closes down. I mean, all credit to them. Yeah, yeah. And and Liam Kinsella got the listeners man of the match, and I, I'm yeah. certainly not going to argue with that. No, it's probably fair. For me, it'd probably be between Minton and Kinsella, albeit it's a bit scrapey barrelly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm happy. I think Kinsella yeah, yeah. takes it. Yeah. So it's not really worth a conversation. <laughs> and sadly it's not. And I I'm really worried uh, as a Swindon fan of how little I care about our contracted players. To to almost a man. I want Minton to kick on. I like Kinsella recently, but I'm I'm really, really concerned with how I'm like, God, just not like oh, they could all bloody go away for all I care. It's just there's just I've got no feeling of superstar or like wow, you know Charlie Austin. If if you saw him in his first spell and you see him now, it's kind of like when oh, it's just it's just he's trying, but it's a sad sight. Yep, and bang on that is. That's how you can summarise a lot of Swindon's players. They they're trying, but it's a sad sight. Yeah, I mean the one I will put on a bit of a plinth is is Hutton. Um, I'm not sure he's going to be here for much longer, but and and perhaps that's and perhaps why I don't have. I like Hutton, yeah, maybe yeah, and, and perhaps because ever since he he stepped through the door, and I'm not kidding, he has been linked with a move away since his first window as a Swindon player. So he joined us in the summer. Every window since he's been linked with a move away. And I think it's been more credible rumours as opposed to people making assumptions. So I've never really got fully cosy with Mayor Hunt. Hugely respect his contribution to Swindon in his career. And it's it's not been talked about a lot. And people are dismissive, go, well, if you're going to cross 30 times, two of them are going to go in. Or, you know, it's but he's still got to do that. And yeah. <laughs> I think he, he hasn't he hasn't got as much respect from from the fan base as maybe he's he's deserved. But I think in my mind, it's because I've just been so ready for him to leave. Before yeah. we even really got kicking on. Well, I, I do you know what I think there is a thread here about modern lower league football and particularly Swindon Town. Yeah. The transience of it. Yeah. The turnover of players, the short termism. From Garner to Lindsay to Morris to Flynn. And then and then of course just classic Swindon. We finally dish out a long term contract to a manager. And then we go on a run of eight defeats in the last 13 league games. We were on that run when he signed the deal. <laughs> and we're out of every single cup at the first attempt. He's the cup manager. He's the cup um, manager. <laughs> but no, I, I, I agree with you completely on, on the whole transience of it. And I mean, well, blow my own trumpet. I, I'm currently doing a 
a sort of 20 year look back thread of a sort of scrapbook entries I did for the 2003-2004 season. I'm enjoying them very much. Thank you. And actually, players in that squad who racked up sort of, you know, in excess of sort of 200 games. Yeah. Who, players who might not have been earth-shatteringly good, but they were kind of ours. They were part of the furniture. Yeah. Able, all, of, all of all Journey, of the... All parking. Of yeah. yeah. All of the uh, 21st century signings who went on to play over 200 games of that era. So it's a... Uh, it's Duke yeah. Eiffel who was playing his early spells in his his early loan deals. Hewlett and uh, Hayward and Gurney yeah. and Robinson yeah. and you know even had Greenick and Evans um, play over a hundred times. Nicholas played over a yeah. hundred times. It was it was yeah. Um, King had his favourites, didn't he? But yeah, it's it. I, I I it's got to be a lower league thing. I don't think it's a pure Swindon Town thing, but it's becoming more and more common. Where it, it's hard to. I don't like using. Uh, don't fall in love with these players. You know, it's it's hard yeah. to really admire these players and get excited by them or consider spending an additional 20 quid to put their names on shirts, which is not something I do, mm. but a lot of people do um, when you, when you think, well, they'll be gone in six months or a year, regardless um, of what their contract length is. Oh, ho hum. So Swindon currently sit in 12th on 30 points and some will say, hey, well, that's only two points off the playoffs, but above us, there are teams with one or two, games in hand and only two teams above us have the same amount of games played and that's Accrington Stanley and Stockport and in top spot and Stockport are 16 points clear of us so um, not every one of those games is going to go against us but even if a handful do that two point gap is going to extend quite considerable quite considerably and I mean I, I don't know where this eight to one thing is coming from this 10 to one these bookmakers are just gobbling up swindon town fan money i i fear i know people are really really concerned and convinced that we're going to get a points deduction i i i, I say with so much confidence that i don't think that's going to be the case i have no basis to to, to argue that other than the fact that i think it would be absolutely insane but it's it's just this is why even after Atkinson Stanley, when listeners were saying maybe it's time to look up now that we we didn't really, but no, it's still it. That's the problem with this Swindon Town in League Two malarkey because of the nature of this division. You do have this. Well, if this happens, you never know, and it's hard not to latch onto that. And I'm still latching onto that. I'm not like. I have no faith in Clemore Fooney, but I do have faith in Michael Flynn in places in, in a transfer market. It's all about budget, isn't it? At the end of the proverbial. Yes. Um, well, to give you my thoughts, Rich, I think I'm with you. I think this offence, <clears throat> the failure to declare a significant interest for Holly Kiley, because she had over 10% of the shares. I think there is precedent and that is Peterborough United who, got fined £50,000 and were given a suspended three-point deduction Yeah, if they re-offend within X period. So I, I expect, you know, not even the EFL could cook up a, a harsher punishment for Swindon Town than Peterborough there. Um, 
my worry is having seen what happened to Reading several monthly wage payments late mm. costing them additional points I suspect that's probably the avenue that could hurt us over the next six months and you might say Dan you're being fanciful you're being a bit extreme but already we've had um, fairly credible rumours and actually acknowledged by the club you know accounting error led to staff being paid late at the end of October so yeah my worry is it's just opening the can of worms. <laughs> yeah, I, I think um, I think that's yeah. the right that that's not the right. That's that's the concern I have. My concern is not like this impact is going to be the worst bit. My concern is this is the beginning of other stuff. You know, it's yeah. just I mean, like it's just going to be a continuation of of misery behind yeah. the scenes um, because well, we don't even have a calendar, Dan. Damn right, because I've gone looking for one. I want to buy one for my sons. I want to Things buy are one so for bad, we don't even have a 2024 calendar. Oh, Lord. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it feels like, you know, me and you, obviously, we got stuck into Anthony Hall last week Ooh, yeah. on the pod. So we don't need to go back into this chapter and verse. But everything I see off-field and now on-field as a symptom of the off-field malaise, looks like an unravelling. And folks, the further you get into that unravelling, the messier things get. This, I was thinking earlier, the the Barrow performance yesterday and the way I felt so abject in the ground, it it was up there with one of the, some of the most gutless Sheridan performances. Mm. sat there during covid watching on iFollow yeah and, it, and in and the it, sense that it just it was complete surrender didn't land any punches the other team had to do so little to win but one um, big they won ugh. big too they got three goals and it's just and because of you know off the field stuff and that sort of performance it it it, it was somewhat toxic in the ground um there were a oh, few was it though well i mean there were there was there was fans what? arguing amongst themselves wasn't there well Pat, i've seen i've seen more happened. toxicity at a pantomime rip. okay fair enough like, yeah, okay there but, was just apathy i think in the ground my end anyway there, there were fans arguing in in amongst themselves which is which is i think it's the start and yeah, i know and I, I don't really like how there's this feeling of almost giddy excitement about how bad it could possibly get against Wrexham. Be it if you if you look at the way Swindon's injury list is is going and how our influent uh, influential players aren't influencing at the moment. If Wrexham turn up cooking on gas, then yes, it could be a very bleak Boxing Day. But there's this this feeling of and I, I might be wrong here, Dan, but when I read it, I almost feel there's an excitement for this to happen that I don't want that. You know, that's that's not that's not what I want. I'm, I, I am somebody who thinks protest should happen outside the ground when it's not in relation to the, the players and the manager. We'll talk about the manager in just a moment, but it it it, it fills me up. I'm going to the game of Boxing Day filled with a little bit of dread and not necessarily about the football. It's more about 
the what might happen in terms of the 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 heating up of toxic toxicity. Yeah. Well, in a footballing sense, I think you're going to do well to surpass 2017, the the Luton 5-0, conceding five yeah. goals in a half. Um, that was a horror show. Yeah, in terms of boxing, though. You know, we, we, did <laughs> con- yeah. we did concede seven goals against Oldershot recently. <laughs> well, no, I was, I was going for more Boxing Day vibes. Oh, kills, of course, um, of course. But yeah, in terms of the off-field stuff, I'm kind of... I'm there. I'm all for it. Yeah. If Clem's, if Clem's in the ground, pipe up. The problem, the, not the problem. The the thing is, it, it all depends on how the when it's on the, in in the ground. It's it's governed by the game. So like, it doesn't we're not, have to be, but it always is. I mean, look, we didn't get the freeloader chance until it went down to two. Went until it went to two nil and three nil, and they were muted. There's still a lot of support for Morfuni inside of that inside of that county ground. I'm I'm sure of it, and that's fine. That's their right. But I I think if you take an early lead against Wrexham, you're not going to get protest you're not and even if and and Wrexham in my opinion beating them papers cracks it just means that a couple of games down the road it starts again but but outside the ground on mass I think that's got much more of an impact and the biggest impact to Clem Morfuni is people not going to the game and we've sold out so you know I mean that 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 tells you a lot as well I just yeah, Hollywood football, eh? Indeed, um, I, I underestimate people, it. People, including me, cherish Boxing Day football. That is still just about the first fixture I look for on fixture release day. Um, unfortunately, I won't have a Swindon Town calendar to mark next year's <laughs> oh. Boxing Day game on. Uh, there might um, be one in the making. We uh, we don't know if I mean. Have you asked? Well. They're sh- leaving it a bit fine, Rich. It's the seventeenth of December. Oh well, I'm, I'm, have faith, have faith. Right, um, Flynn. Post match, the performance has got to be better. The injury list has taken its toll. We said that a few times. January can't come quick enough. Uh, Clem's over early part of next week, so we've got to get our heads together and make sure we press on with our plans for January. Team and formation picked itself, but the players I did pick are still better than they performed. I'm not here to cry or make excuses about it. I'm open and honest with you. I'm asking the same players to play week in, week out, but that performance level has got to be better. Too slow moving the ball forward. We turned down shots and crossing opportunities. We got the ball to the final third and then went backwards. Uh, there was an edginess about them. There's a lot going on at the moment, uh, but that can't be an excuse because we can't do anything about that. That wasn't pushed. I don't know what what he was talking about there, but um, I guess we can we can we can hypothesize. We can uh, infer. We can, and they've had a good week in training again. But you, and you can see that the effort was there. Hmm. Uh, we are mm. too easy to score against. They've got to improve. Yes. It's their careers. Yes, the, the the big the big line was for me listening was there's a lot going on at the moment, but that can't be an excuse because we can't do anything about that. I mean, trust looking at the books isn't going to be that, and. The club saying we get nine free games isn't going to be impacting the players either. So it did make me wonder. 
What's he referring yeah. to? Yeah, I, I don't know how to take that, Rich. Hmm. Um, I, I'm quite a, I'm quite a logical man. Stick with what you can see. Stick with what you know. And I sent you these numbers earlier, obviously. The last 13 league games, three wins, two draws, eight defeats, 11 points. That's a quarter of your season right there, just over. That's relegation form. We failed to score in four of those 13. And so I think this label of, ah, don't worry, because Swindon are still the entertainers. Swindon still score a load of goals. I'm not even sure that stands up right now. Mm. Um, we've kept one clean sheet in those 13 games, which poor old Mahoney, largely having a good season, but has, has let in 29 goals in those 13 games, which let's just remind ourselves, this is Swindon Town in the fourth tier. This is Swindon Town of competitive budget fame. This is yeah. Swindon Town in the fourth tier. And yeah, I mean, all right, you could say, well, it's a bit skewed, Dan, because eight of those 13 have been away. And of those eight away games, 1-1, one, one, lost five. Which, for me, when you have our support, I don't know, support doesn't equal points. That's really poor. Really, really poor. Yeah. yeah. And there a few a few comments from listeners here. Uh, Scott Monroe says, looks like the team has stopped playing for the manager. Got that vibe from the away end last week after he gave the players a dressing down. Flat atmosphere, just a lifeless performance. Well, Dave STFC nineteen ninety four says, if you think Flynn's the problem, then you're deluded. If it wasn't for him, we'd already be in the relegation spots. It's clear that ownership is the problem. I think it's a conversation worth having in yes, terms of I'm, Flynn. I'm a bit torn because there's there's not there's there's you can you can say Flynn shouldn't be sacked as a fan. You know, you, you can't sack Flynn. Anyone that goes down the thread that we go down knows that you can't sack Flynn because you've got to pay him for three years. So it's just not going to happen. But at the same time, those performances that I've seen recently, they they do have that sluggish, the body language of, of some of the players against Barrow was so, so sad to look at. And it could be that they're not responding to the manager. That that happens. Flynn can have the answers, but he needs his players to do the thing. And if he's saying, I can't wait till January, it's not just, just to bring five players in because he knows he can't do that. It's because he's going to shit players out. So there's players on the pitch that want to do well, but they know they're not in, in, in favour or they know they're going to be going. It's It's a real issue. And that's where Dave's argument comes in that comes down to the ownership because they provide the budget so Flynn can build the team and get and get who he wants it's 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 a really sticky situation at the moment yeah there's a few pieces to this jigsaw um and it's hard to separate church and state because off field and on field are so 
coupled. Um, it kind of yeah, it makes the start to the season remarkable. Yeah. Um, and it's a bloody good job we had that start to the season. And Flynn said but, that at the time he was he was yeah. referring to that run as we're we're ho- we're hoarding points before it gets sticky. So it's like he knew. Well, he's not a daft man, clearly. But I mean, this has gone past blip. Just to be clear, <laughs> you know, losing eight of your last thirteen league games, and in that same run, you've also lost five nil at Reading, lost seven four to Aldershot. I did, not that it matters, but you lost 1-0 to Exeter too. So in the last 16 games, 11 defeats in all competitions. Swindon Town in the yeah. fourth tier. I just, I hate it. It's not fun. I hate that there's still people defending this. Yeah. Like, and, and you have to look at it as a coupled problem. The on-field staff, the squad size, the squad quality is a symptom of the off-field issues. And so I suppose I would still lean more towards the club's a bloody mess. Yeah. Well, And now, I mean, a month ago, the chickens were coming home to roost. Now, I I don't know how to stretch that analogy, but... (laughs) Well, Matt Matt Stead says things are getting... Matt Stead says things are starting to feel really toxic now. I don't know how the heck Clem Mulfooney gets out of this one. If he doesn't invest in January, gates are going to plummet and season ticket holders might not renew. Feels a bit end of days and he's only owned the club for a couple of years. Yeah. Um, well, do you remember me and you on the post Morfuni Sharegate pod? You asked me what next, and I mm-hmm. said this is the beginning of the end, Glen Morfini. And my thinking was, the trust is gone. He's lied. It's a big lie, and he's done a bit of a wanky apology. Um, it's and just, tried to let it all blow over. It's just frustrating and- how fans are saying this is fans' fault. Ha! But they are though, aren't they? They're, they're Sorry, some- everyone. There are some fans that are saying this is your fault because you're making it this difficult for Swindon Town. You're making it difficult. You're not grateful. You're, you know, you're, you're just creating toxicity out of nothing. But my goodness me, I I don't think we're capable of that. I think, you know, you can, you can create a mood within a fan base that's, that's a little bit mopey and, you know, doesn't see the bigger picture. But right now, considering, the the amount of effort Swindon Town have done to try and dismiss this, which is zero, absolutely no effort to try and you know assure fans if that if Anthony Hall's appearance on the sofa was that when goodness <laughs> me it, it launched a thousand boats of panic didn't it and they've been doubling down tripling down quadrupling down to fans in other communications so. It's not the fans. This is not the supporters' fault, this one. We're all, like, and we, we, I don't think the next owner will be a guaranteed success. But what I don't like listening to or reading is fans saying, be careful what you wish for, because because 
you don't know what you've got. And yeah. and then the the same people make the argument like if you do if if you annoy Clemel Fooney, then he's going to put us in, in administration. Well, that's that healthy, like, isn't it's, it? Exactly. That's a, that's a toxic relationship right there. You know, it's like oh, I only do it because I love you. You know, it's it, it, it's it's just the stranglehold this ownership has on some fans, and it might not be as bad as what we 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 fear, but it's bad enough. And I'm not going down the one little mistake thing because that one little mistake is a football is a, is an EFL charge, which is not a little mistake. Um, you, and if you didn't, and if they did it out of naivety, naivety, then they shouldn't be owning a football club, or they shouldn't be governed by people who don't know the rules. That's that's not my fault. But it's just, ugh, it's just grim at the moment. And and speaking of grimness, the, the trust updated us again on their open reviewing the books at the club. It, it seems that the first. <laughs> The first statement didn't go down too well, so they they went a bit Graham Torrington and did some late night um, mm-hmm. <laughs> late night correspondence, which again didn't really strike the note either. Well, it was wordier. It did, by virtue of being wordier, have more words. Um, <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, it did read rather like. Anthony Hall's answer in the on the sofa appearance. You know, how long you got? You know, we've got stadium costs, we've got medical bills, we've got to pay our staff. Can you believe it? You know, we've got to pay like national insurance for the players as well. You know, just listing off cost um, lines on a profit and loss sheet. There's still no detail there about how the heck a League Two football club doing this badly, recruiting this badly, having a squad so small, skeleton admin staff behind the scenes, a retail operation with nothing for sale at Christmas, etc., etc. Again, just go back and listen to the Anthony Hall pod, everyone. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, we are going over. But like, old. how? That's the key bit. How? And... Oh, lordy lord. Oh, Rich. Richie, Richie, Rich. Yep, yep, yep. It spiralled. It's spiralling. Mm-hmm. We've got a supporters trust. In my eyes, currently, not fit for purpose. That is why I withdrew my £5 a month. Cancelled my membership. I know others have done that. And many people have pointed out, actually... In a democratic organisation, losing your voice at the table there, Dan, is actually a silly thing to do. Yeah. But it's what I've chosen to do. My protest is removing my monthly fee, removing my membership, and I want that to send a message. And I'm sure the many others that have done that, it is sending a message. And hey, we got a half 11 statement out of it. Um, but boy, oh boy represent the fans get alarmed yeah this isn't a cozy club oh boy oh boy boy. how many more signs do you need right now things are going to shit anyone Um, three (laughs) 
Okay. So, I'm sure we'll, just, we'll have that covered by Wednesday. Just, just, and, yeah. But, I was going to say, what do you think is going to happen this week? Um, but uh, we'll just let, we'll well, just let that happen itself. We can't be late on the players' wages until December the 31st, anyway. Allegedly. Allegedly. So that's something. So we'll get the Wrexham, Tranmere, and Forest Green games in. God, that forest green game could be that could that is that's the low key flappy game, I think, for me, because they're doing so badly, Forest Green, that if if they do something, if they if they beat us at the county ground, that that could be that could be the one that that breaks. And then the next home game becomes you know like the old days six and a half thousand and and seven and a half but of course what will happen is we'll win a couple of games people will keep interested and then and then we go on a couple of games at us and then so forth and then yeah. rich you say that so nonchalantly yeah where I are do. these couple of wins coming from oh i don't know but the, where was where did mansfield <laughs> come from you know and that accreton stanley one that was that was a re not a surprise i'm not going to say it was a surprise but that was a a pleasant thrill, wasn't it? Well, do you know what? Actually, going back to that Mansfield performance, because that was obviously the last time I was inside the county ground before yesterday, that was a highly motivated performance in a way that Wimbledon away and yesterday were completely different end of the scale. Doesn't that, though, lend to the to the notion that injuries are doing us in, then? Well, injuries have the long-term cumulative effect of Obviously, knackering out that that same eleven that are having to fill the fixtures week in week out, and that's very hard to measure. But I'm not having that. No. No. These last two performances have been just as alarming on field as the off field stuff, which you know we're hammering the club for. Oh, I tell you one thing: given on all fronts, Swindon Town, January is going to be busy, isn't it? Uh, everything, every, everything is in January this well, year. Right now. <laughs> We're missing Brewitt, Clayton, Ben Ward, Divine, Awakwe, Shade, Blake, Tracy Kane, and Hepburn Murphy. Sounds like Young's managing an injury too. If Kemp and Young get recalled, who are we going to play on that 6th of January game? Might be the concern. We've got a load of games in between yet. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sure. I yeah. laugh. It's a nervous I, laugh. I'm, I think. I think there's, no, gonna, there's been no a pleasure. lot. And there's been a lot of almost all my laughter in this episode has been nervous laughs. <laughs> I can assure you, um, including that one. Um, I, I expect a sea of returning players for one game, and it will just be like, well, they're here, they all there. But whether that's just in enough time for January, just mm. in time for Jan, yeah. And that poor sore knee of Hepburn Murphy. Ooh, that's all it was a month ago before older shot, just a sore knee. Yeah. I yeah. chatted to him in the Junior yeah. Reds room before Older Shot. It was just a niggle. He's going to be back for Colchester on Tuesday. Yeah. Um, mm. We're going oh. round and round in circles here. We've got to close this. Uh, yes. We've got to close we this do. pod off. Um, but hopefully a quiet week before tram year. That's what we all want. That's what we all hope for. Let's see what happens. Dan, thank you very mm-hmm. much. Cheers, Rich.
The Low Strangers is an independent supporters podcast. The views given do not reflect those of Swindertown Football Club or their official partners. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford and the podcast logo was created by the most splendid Matt in Singapore. Thanks for listening. Come on you Reds! Come on Swindon! Hi, Alice Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant, like Darren Ward, or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.